how do you navigate marketing in the new world that we're currently in at the moment? Marcus Sheridan is gonna join us on this episode of the podcast and explain how you can do it. Marcus Sheridan, author of the book, They Ask, You Answer, is joining us on this episode of the Local Business Podcast. And we're gonna talk about navigating the world that we're currently in, in marketing your business, if there's an opportunity, and how to take advantage of the opportunity without necessarily taking advantage of the opportunity. We actually dive deep in a lot about uh, you know motivation and getting your mind straight in how you can go about creating content and building your personal brand and kind of doubling down on that during the time that we're currently in. And we talk a lot about what his goals are for his companies, his personal brand, and then we also, both of us, share a little information as to like how do you market your business when there's certain circumstances going on in the world and nobody is really sure what's going to come about from that. So it's a really interesting episode. Not exactly the episode that I thought Marcus and I were going to record, but it's very interesting nonetheless. And I think you're going to walk away from this episode with some some information and at least some thoughts as to how to look at marketing yourself or your business moving forward, even though it may not feel like you should be marketing your business, but I think you should be. So let's get into today's podcast with Marcus Sheridan. All right, Marcus Sheridan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Welcome. Bruce, it's a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we'll have some conversation here that will help some of those audience members of yours, because that's that's all that matters, right? I have to say thank you first, because I did. we do a podcast. So if you're listening to this one, it's the Local Business Podcast. We do another one, Smart Pizza Marketing. And we started that five years ago in 2015, and I reached out to you just out of, like, out of nowhere. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to get Marcus on the podcast. He shares a lot of information that is good for local businesses, not thinking you would ever come on, because we did like three episodes at the time, and they were all horrible. Uh, but you did. <laughs> And uh, I just want to say thank you for that because uh, that You're was welcome. great for us to have you join us in the early stages of that podcast. I just want to say thanks for that. Very welcome, man. Um, so let's get into, I don't know if, uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast obviously have seen you speak or have listened to one of the podcasts you've been on or your own podcast, but give a real brief background as to how you got started in like the local business market. Yeah, I, I um, with, with two buddies, started a swimming pool company in 2001 um, super small out, you know, outfit and, uh, we were fighting to grow. And then 2008 came along and that just annihilated a lot of pool companies across the country. In fact, about 50% went out of business during that time. And I thought we were going to have to file bankruptcy. And, and, uh, it was though, because of the, the strain and, or the, the pain and the stress that we were in that, um, I really started to just lean into the internet and learn about it and say, if I'm going to lose a business, I might as well, I might as well just essentially go out fighting. Right. And so we embraced a philosophy at the time that I called, they ask you answer, which essentially meant if anybody had a question, an issue, a fear, a worry, a prospect of ours, right. That yeah. we were going to be willing to address it on our website. And so we did that and we essentially became the Wikipedia of swimming pools in the United States and became the most traffic swimming pool website in the world and became the largest um, installer of fiberglass pools in the U.S. and got so many leads that, that I decided to open up a manufacturing uh, company as well for fiberglass pools. And that company became the fastest growing 
manufacturer of fiberglass pools in the U.S. And wow. So this year we'll probably manufacture about a thousand pools. I mean, obviously that depends on everything that's related to the economy right now. Right. Could be less than that, but that's only our third full year wow. uh, manufacturing, which is pretty crazy. So it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing ride, all because of the fact that we had this mindset, this philosophy that came out of what was the recession of 2000 and date, you know, and that's the thing is recessions and pain, you know, plant seeds of opportunity and growth and innovation. Totally. And that's what it was for us. And back then in 2008, was that the content that you were putting out? Was that mostly words and blog posts? Yeah, it was mostly that, although I did do some video back then too. I mean, I remember the first video I did, I think it was 2009. It was in my office late at night, unbelievably bad lighting. So I looked <laughs> like my face, everything. I looked like you had just, you know, pulled me out of the bottom of a lake that I had been in for like three weeks, right? <laughs> That's how bad the lighting was. But I, I look at that. I look at that video as a victory because it, whenever you push publish and you've never done that before on a platform, you should feel really good about yourself because it's not an easy thing to do. There's a leap of faith, leap of digital faith, right, in this context. And so, um, of course, I've probably done a few thousand videos since then on different platforms, you know, and to this day I use video prolifically. And I've been talking about video an absolute ton. I've got a book coming out on video and virtual uh, just because it's it's so blatantly obvious where we're headed and how we can't just say it any longer. We've got to show it as well. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Let me ask you a question about that first video. Was it the technology that made the video bad or were you yourself a little bit nervous and not sure of yourself back then? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was, it was, it was certainly both. Um, there was really nothing that you would say was good about the video. Um, I was sitting behind a desk, right? I was kind of slouched a little bit uh, because I didn't have good enough lighting in my office late at night. I got these construction job site lights. And so they were unbelievably overpowering lights. <laughs> it, it is, it's like, it, and so it created this crazy shadow effect in the room. It's like, and of course I was fum fumbling over my words. And so if you had seen that, you'd have said, dude, I'm just not, I just don't think video is your thing, bro. <laughs> and it's funny. You would have said the same thing though, about all the, all the blog posts at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I was I mean, not I, I a good writer. Beginning of this podcast, like our first few podcast episodes were really bad. Like the audio wasn't great. I didn't really know how to talk to people that much on the interview, like without video, it was awkward, you know, but you got to keep well, going. That's the thing that's funny to me, Bruce, right? So, People allow imperfection to prevent them from, from, from producing, right? Yet, if you look back on anything you've ever done that's now a skill, you did take that leap at one point in time, and you, you were failing then. You know? And so if you opened up a business, you had all these new things that you had to learn, and you screwed them all up probably. You probably screwed up the accounting side of your business. You probably weren't very good at the sales side of your business at first. You probably... We're not very good at all with the marketing side of your business at first, but you had will and just a sheer determination to keep it going. And this is like, that is, that's the dream baby right there, you know? Right. And I, I, I don't understand how we don't necessarily carry that over to the, to the digital side, because when some people say, yeah, this is just not my thing. I'm like, I, you know, everything you're doing professionally wasn't your thing at one time. I think people get complacent, don't they, don't you think? Like they're in their business, in unless they're completely failing and on the verge of failing, 
that's the only time that really gives them the kick in the butt to do something different. Other than that, they're they're afraid to. I know in the restaurant space, and this happens a lot with takeout, delivery, pizzerias. Like they have this menu going, right? For example, and they're afraid to take one thing off the menu, even mm-hmm. if it may only sell twice a week, because of that one customer. Who the one customer is going to get upset about it? Exactly. But yet, you know, it's it's screwing up their inventory, and you know, it's a loss each month. At the on the bottom line, it just doesn't. It, you know, we 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 do these things, and 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 to your point, I I've been, you know, professionally speaking now, and giving like seventy gigs a year all over the world for the past seven eight years, wow. and I kept saying, over and over again, kept saying, most of you won't do this until you feel pain, and now. There's a whole bunch of people thinking about, yeah, I remember what that pool guy said, and how we should be doing those things on our site, how we should be making these digital shifts. And he said, I wasn't going to move until I had pain because what the, the complacency stems from this fat and happy disease that we have, right? It's like economy's good, so you know I can, I can get away with being inefficient. I can get away with a sloppy sales process. Uh, potentially a sloppy customer experience and get away with those things. And now it's like we're having to sharpen our sword everywhere because every lead matters and every client matters. Every customer matters. Every process matters. And that's why, uh, you know, I, you know, right now in, in a, in a post Corona world that, that we're in, all I can think about is that scene from Forrest Gump and you got the Bubba Gump, shrimp and the storm that they were in and how all the boats sunk but yet they managed to stay afloat right and because they managed to stay afloat they were able to achieve amazing things afterwards and the fact is if you find a way to keep your company alive right now and fight and claw um, you can experience great things and the other side to this is people are uh, businesses right now they're they're you know they're slashing their marketing, and so that means that you can just step right up and become that voice. And besides that, people need leaders in every industry during times of chaos. Yeah, and I, it, this is like this is prolifically an issue. And if you want to become a thought leader in your space, and sometimes people say thought leader sounds cheesy, well, um, you should become a thought leader in your space. It doesn't matter what space you're in, you want to be that voice. I don't care if it's a pizzeria. Or if it's another, you know, home improvement business, or if it's a big corporation, you want to be that voice to the marketplace of reason, of steadiness, of strength that they can lean on and say, okay, these people get it. They get me and they're making smart decisions. And I, and I like this brand. Yeah. So it's funny you say that because I've been going live on Facebook every morning at 10 a.m. every day for the last week. Um, when we have this summit coming up in a couple of weeks where it's a digital summit for our industry because we had our, our event that was supposed to happen canceled yeah. because mm-hmm. you can't have large gatherings. So we pivoted to a virtual event and I've been going live on Facebook every single morning at 10 a.m. just for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes and just kind of hanging with the community and sharing something that's working for somebody that somebody else could use in their business. And it's amazing over the last five or six days, how many, how that's grown from like in the beginning, nobody's showing up to now every morning I have 25, 30 people kind of hanging out with me, asking questions, sharing information with everybody. 
um, just for some sort of normalcy in their life through this whole thing. Well, and and that's I just speaking of events. So I did a virtual event in the UK um, that was a replacement event. And the original event, the in-person event was going to have 1200 people. Um, so we postponed it. And, and uh, we did the virtual event this past Monday and we had over 5,000 people uh, on, on the line. Wow. And so I have um, a virtual event that is replacing my personal event, digital sales and marketing world. It's called digital sales and marketing day. And so we had a shift. It was supposed to be April 6th of, of this year. And so we shifted the in-person event to December and hopefully we'll be able to do that. And to give you a sense of things, we, we, the most we've ever had sign up for a webinar, my company's probably like 800 people. And we people. have over 1500 people signed up for this live event right now. Wow. And it's all day, all day event. And so people are very thirsty right now for knowledge yeah. and for learning. And, uh, you know, you and I know this, but Jim Rohn always would say, you must learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And there's a lot of people right now that are working on themselves during this time period. And that's a beautiful thing because by working on yourself, your job is going to directly benefit from it, your business. And um, that's why when I say I'm doubling down right now, I'm doubling down on my skills, on my knowledge. Um, I'm not watching any more TV right now than I was three weeks ago. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's where we have to be because it sure as heck doesn't help to A, feel sorry for ourselves right. because that's never solved anything. And B, to get lost in the distractions that we can lose ourselves in of media or food or you know some other false like dopamine driven, you know, stimuli that lasts whatever it lasts. And then, you know, you crash afterwards. Yeah. I find myself having less time now to watch TV or do those other things than I did before, even though we're not supposed to go anywhere. I feel like I'm trying to figure out and pivot. So not only can our business in our company kind of pivot and do what best serves our customers and our audience, but also educate other people as to what they can do as well. Like, like you said, uh, try well, to pivot your business and what else can you do? You nailed it, Bruce, because if you think right now, you know, uh, if, you know, if you're working, um, you know, in government, you're not sleeping much at night and you're working all day, every day right, right. now. Um, if you are a business owner, you are sleeping less right now. You're working all day, every day to figure out how do I save my business? How do I grow my business? How do I pivot? How do I do these things? And, that's exactly where your mindset is right now. You've got the ownership mentality. It's a beautiful thing. And you recognize, and, and this might sound almost selfish for some people to hear, but I'm going to say it anyway, because you recognize this. I recognize this. I have a tremendous chance right now during this a difficult time period to explode my personal brand further, to be seen further as a voice of reason, as a tr trusted source. Right as a thought leader, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to do what's necessary because my personal vision for where I am right now is uh, I want people to say, you know, when the economy was in a, in a place of hardship, Marcus, after COVID, I knew if I came to you that you were going to offer me hope, you would make me laugh, you'd help me learn, and it was going to be worth my time. And I want to thank you for that. That's the vision I have for myself right now. That's the messages that I can envision coming to me 
in six months, 12 months, et cetera. That's what I'm trying to achieve. And I believe it's going to, it's going to come to pass. So are you doubling down on the content that you create and the questions that oh. you answer? Oh, freak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous right now. Like, like, um, every, I have always been one that, that I didn't want to, um, especially when it came to my personal social media, I didn't want to be out there, um, too much. Right. I didn't want to be the, the, the boy that cried wolf. Right. But, um, during this time period, because people are thirsty for it and they need it, I'm posting every day on LinkedIn, every single day. Now, LinkedIn is my platform, right? So if you're listening to this right now, by the way, make sure you, you, you connect with me on LinkedIn because I don't believe you can be great on many social media platforms right. um, as a business or as an individual brand. And I believe you should find the one that you can be great with that's going to benefit you the most and you become a master at that and then potentially branch out from there, right? And so that's why my swimming pool company is on Facebook and that's where we really hardcore play there because that's, that's, that's more fit um, for our customer there as a speaker, as a consultant, um, as a business leader, LinkedIn is my place to play. That's where I focus there. Right. So that's why, yeah, I've doubled down. Um, I'm five days a week there, usually two to three videos a week. Um, just the whole nine. And, um, and I'm, I'm watching the subscriber count and the follower count just pop, 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 just, you know, right now because people are thirsty for good, solid leadership. Yeah. Now, do you think that a local business can become a thought leader in their space other than just the person who's the go-to resource for that particular product or service that they sell? I mean, you've done it, obviously, so it's possible. Oh, 100% possible. And, you know, and, and the thing about it is when I started They Ask You Answer, I didn't realize that I was going to have River Pools franchisees all over the country 10 years later. I just was trying to save my business in the one hour radius for which I was doing work, right? And so you, you don't know where success is going to take you and opportunity is going to take you, right? You, you, you don't know that. But what you can do is you can but it, take just a simple restaurant, for example, so out of this, there's going to be a bunch of unique business models within the food service space that don't currently exist or are, you don't see very much, yeah. right? And so we're going to see um, unique versions of uh, food delivery and carry out and these things that we're not, we haven't maybe thought hard about before. They're going to come as a byproduct of this. And, you know, another example of this is, you know, my uh, swimming pool company. For some reason, the pool industry, virtual sales calls have never been done. The way it's worked is the salesperson comes out to your house and, you know, might take a look at your backyard. Well, generally does. And then they go into your home at that point after they look in your yard and they give you a quote and you meet for a couple hours. And that's just how it works for pools. That's how it's worked for 75 years, at least, right? And what we are now doing is a virtual sales call. And so somebody fills out a, a get a quote on our website, they have the option to do it uh, in their home or they can do it virtually. And most are choosing virtually at the moment. Right. And so then we do a Zoom call exactly like you and I are doing right now, Bruce. And what's beautiful about these is even if they're not under the same roof, the decision makers, everybody can call in. And so it, it eliminates the problem oftentimes of having one decision maker in the home. 
right? And this is something that we're always going to be doing. And I, I, and I've always wanted to do it, but now we've, we've, we've really just advanced this process much, much quicker. And we can also leverage certain technologies during this time. So it's really, really powerful. And it means that I could hypothetically, if I was still selling pools, but my sales team now can do this, they can do three sales appointments in an evening and still eat dinner with their family. Think about that. Whereas that you, you could, you're lucky if you could fit two sales appointments in one evening before driving. And that was on a full blitz and you're starving afterwards and stopping getting some crappy fast food when you're done. Right. <laughs> and so, so that, that is something that's changing. I was talking to um, a local piano company last night in the Boston area and they can take sales appointments in the store right now. But in order to do that, we had to create what is a, an appointment scheduler on their website. Right. And so this is something they didn't have before. They should have had it already as a retailer. They didn't have it. So now they have that. And they're doing the initial sales call for, for pianos. They're doing it virtually, just like, again, you and I are doing right now. Somebody might say, how is that possible? It's actually very, very possible to do that. And this, the beauty of it is this. Boston's traffic is unrelenting. It's ridiculous. It's one of the worst in the country. And so now what they're promoting is, don't want to make that drive? Well, if you don't want to make that drive, you can meet with us virtually online. In 15 minutes, we can identify the perfect piano for your needs. And then after that, if the person's interested because they'll give them all the, the major information, then they come into the showroom. But the showroom closing rate at that point for those people is through the roof. Yeah, that's, an, it, that's it's unbelievable. Just unbelievable, right? So these are small businesses. And that's the beauty of uh, financial hardship is that it does force us to be uh, smarter and oftentimes do things we inherently knew we should be thinking yes. about. We just hadn't taken that leap of faith or we related more pain to change than more pain to inaction. And now we're relating more pain to inaction and that's motivating us to take said action. You know what? It's funny because my wife's a real estate agent, right? So they do obviously a lot of open houses, a lot of showings to people, whether they have the listing or they're the buyer's agent. And she's totally transitioned out of a necessity to, to virtual tours, right? So That's right. she'll do virtual open houses now. So the house she'll go into, she'll make sure she's the only one. She goes live on Instagram, live on Facebook, and is like, anybody who's interested in checking out this house, join me, ask me any questions you want. I'll show you the house. And if you like what you see, the next step would be to set an appointment. But it's exactly like yeah. you said. It's taking 10 people who would go see the house, and transitioning that into two people who really want to see the house and are going to make an offer. Well, you make a great point, Bruce, because 10 years ago, people weren't buying houses sight unseen for the most part. Right. And today it happens every single day. It happens all the time. When I say sight unseen, having not stepped foot in the house. Right. Right. People are now buying swimming pools without meeting the salesperson face to face, nose to nose in the real world first, right? We see that um, all the time now. And I've seen in home improvement, I've seen people agreeing in contract to half a million dollar homes before they, again, shook the salesperson's hand. And what's sad about this though, Bruce, is we're having this conversation and there are still people that are listening to this saying, they don't understand. They don't understand my business. They don't understand my buyer. They don't understand my industry. They don't understand my area. 
And that's the great preventer of success and growth. And, and I see it in every single audience. There's literally two types of people. There's the first person that says, wow, maybe we could do that. Maybe it's possible. And the second person says, there's no way we're different. And I can tell you right now that a lot of those companies that have been saying for years, we're different. You don't understand. They're eating those words. And they're realizing more than ever that most businesses are way more similar than different yeah. because we're all selling to the same thing, which is a human that has a set of emotions that bases their decisions primarily on trust. And because of that, it's leading us to either sink or swim during unique times in our world. Do you know Roger Wakefield? Have you heard of that gentleman? He's a plumber. Roger is a huge They Ask You Answer fan. I know. I was just thinking of him when I th- you were mentioning yeah, all that. Yeah, and he's done, ama- he's done amazing things um, with uh, video and They Ask You Answer. And he didn't, he didn't realize that he would become a major thought leader within the plumber space for other plumbers by producing the videos that he was making just for his local um, customers, yeah. right? And so Roger is a wonderful example of this and he just continues to grow and grow his brand and you know the guy has now the guy's got a full-time videographer if you can believe that i do he's sticking plumber right it's beautiful that's what it's all about folks and uh this is a guy that came to social media marketing world um i think it was two years ago maybe three and his wife said um i think we're gonna have to close the doors when you get home from that event so that event was his hail mary and that's when he doubled down on, on video and they ask you answer. Right. And so that's, that's, what's amazing. That's what's possible. And, you know, for, for anybody, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to come out of this unscathed. And there's people that are listening to this that are going to have to file bankruptcy potentially that are going to lose their business. But, but one thing about this, you know, is that you're not alone. And it also just means that you know, in a few more years, you could have the next thing and it could be better than ever because you turned what was, you know, a negative into a, a major, major positive and in, 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 in growing, you know, point in your life. Yeah, I think it's a, and I hate to use the word opportunity in the times that we're in, I hate to use that word, but if you're a business owner, I feel like you should look at how you get customers and make sure that like if you're a restaurant, like the restaurants that we work with, the, the, the ones that have adapted to take out and delivery are surviving and thriving. And the ones that couldn't adapt are closed. So if you're a local business, I think you need to look at where you get your customers from and make sure that, you know, if the phone line goes down, you're not going to lose 100% of your business. Or if the front door closes, you're not going to lose 100% of your business and feel like where you get your customers from. Just make sure there's multiple channels. Well, you know, the thing is, Bruce, when I hear people roll their eyes at opportunity. I'm like, so what's the freaking alternative? Pound sand? Right. Right. You know, okay, fine. Just, you know, go to the courthouse and, you know, whatever, file your bankruptcy papers, whatever you got to do, or say, okay, I got an opportunity here. I just don't feel like there is a more effective alternative than saying, I am going, I have a choice in terms of how I view this. Now, that doesn't mean you don't experience a roller coaster of emotions at times. It doesn't mean you don't experience fear or anxiety or any of those other things. It just means that you're constantly shifting back your thoughts to, yes, but where is the opportunity? What is the silver lining? Where is the 
possibilities for growth here and innovation and change. And then you get back on track, you get going again, you get excited again and you rock. Yeah. I guess that's much better said than I said it. No, I thought you said it great, but, but that's the thing. It's like, we shouldn't apologize right now for saying this is an opportunity because that's what freaking is. That's what life is. And that's what every decision we make is if we have the right perspective on it in the moment. I love it. Um, by the way, Roger was on this podcast. I think he was on episode number seven. We talked all we talked to him about his whole story, and he's actually speaking at our event that's happening in a couple of weeks. That's wonderful. Yeah, he's a he's a really good good guy. Mm-hmm. I awesome. love his story. Um, well, uh, it's been about thirty minutes, Marcus. I don't want to take too much of your time. Where can people go follow you? I know you mentioned LinkedIn. What's where are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, Marcus Sheridan on LinkedIn. I'm there, and I'm posting uh, educational stuff. Um, like you know, one out of 10 is promotional, nine out of 10 is educational, right? And um, you can find me, you can email me directly if you want. It's Marcus at MarcusSheridan.com. My website's MarcusSheridan.com. I've got an agency that's ImpactBND, BravoNancyDavid.com, ImpactBND.com. And the swimming pool company's RiverPoolsAndSpas.com. If you want some inspiration about types of content that you could use to grow your business, check out our learning center river pools. It'll blow your mind. So anyway, Bruce, it's been great catching up with you. And, and I hope everybody knows out there that you know, there is hope and, and um, let's, let's find, let's, let's live in the solution right now. And if we do that always, we're going to end up ultimately in a good place, but you know, you're doing good stuff, Bruce. And I, I certainly appreciate it, man. All right, Marcus, I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much for your time. All right, well, thanks to Marcus for joining us on the podcast. I always love talking to Marcus. Really, really smart guy. Go follow us on Instagram at the Bruce Irving. We'll link up Marcus on LinkedIn and his website. And if you ever get a chance to see Marcus speak, I have to say, I've seen a lot of people speak on stage and at conferences, and Marcus is a phenomenal uh, speaker. So if you ever do get the chance to see him speak in person, I highly recommend that you do that. All right, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast and joining me on this local business podcast. If you need some help, um, reach out to me. You can reach out to me at the website, thebruceirving.com or at thebruceirving on Instagram. I'm also Bruce Irving on Facebook and Bruce Irving on LinkedIn. We are having our pizza summit next week if you're listening to this podcast and that's your thing. A lot of tutorials, a lot of educational sessions happening over there. And I'm thinking about doing a local business summit coming in October or November. So nothing announced yet, but definitely keep your eye out because if we do announce that and we do set that up, we are going to be announcing it here first on the local business podcast. And do me a favor. If you haven't yet, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave me a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, wherever you listen to the podcast. Leave me a review on iTunes. Give me the thumbs up. Let me know you enjoy the podcast and reach out to me. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email. That's our other podcast. And let me know what you think, if there's certain topics or people that you would like to hear on this podcast that you're listening to right now. All right. See you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next one.